You're listening to the podcast where you can feast on all the information in the world of sports. Now, here's your host, Tommy Yu. Finally, the very last episode to wrap up the state of the franchise series here with this podcast. Of course, I have my fearless co-host joining me, Darren. How was doing that one podcast solo, man? I mean, it was um challenging, I guess. Um, it was weird just because like normally like you'll have someone to like go back to and be like, hey, like what about that? And what about this? And um, you didn't really have anybody to like bounce off of and kind of be like kind of like take a breath you know so mm-hmm. it was like it was weird but like I think after I did it like if I was to do it like a bunch of times like I would get used to it but just like the first one it was weird yeah definitely it's almost like you're talking to yourself and things like that and you're trying Kinda. to still be animated and have personality but you're like oh okay I know I'm the only person talking right now but no I think it went relatively well and I think I'm being a little biased because it was about my own team but it was just kind of fun to hear someone else do their own podcast kind of thing but hey Now we're back together, the dream team, and we are going to be talking about the number one consensus ranked team on our podcast, at least before the start of the 2021 season. But before we get there, let's start up with the appetizer. It looks like the NFL schedule is going to be released, but the question has to be asked. How much do you care about the NFL schedule there? I mean, personally, I don't care about it at all. Um, You can see the teams that you're desired team or favorite team whatever you can see what teams they're playing years in advance so like i don't know why they make such a big deal about it like i I don't i don't really get it it's it's pretty weird honestly but i mean like some people get all like so you can see like oh like the eagles are going to start out with a four game win streak or whatever but like that never works out our predictions are just really predict that stuff I, i don't know they like to do the, like the strength is scheduled. They're like, oh, based on the records last year, they're playing this many playoff teams and blah, blah, blah. I'm like that. It doesn't work that way, unfortunately. And you're absolutely right that we technically know who are already going to play. I guess it's just what date, what stadiums and things like that. But I think the really weird thing and thing that's really been hitting home recently because of the pandemic and kind of looking at everything now that I've matured is, man, Football fans are so starved for anything that even like a schedule release gets them all excited. And that's like how much of a degenerate we are. Like, look how big the NFL draft is like, and admittedly, I'm one of those people I love. And I know you do too. You are actually much more bigger of a fan than I ever have been with the NFL draft. And look at every other draft, like a baseball's draft, hockey, maybe basketball has gotten a little bit sexier, but it does not even pale in comparison to the NFL. So I feel like because it's the NFL, literally they just drop nuggets as slowly as they can. And reporters, fans, they just eat it up because they're like, oh man, we need something. And I think it's just kind of gives people an opportunity to kind of look at the schedule and just be like, all right, let's just predict just kind of like mock drafts. Does it really need to be done? No, but it gives fans something fun to do. It'd be like, uh, as an Eagles fan, if I see the Seahawks, I'm like, oh, sweet. That's a guaranteed loss. That's nice to see on the schedule and just kind of backing things up and whatnot. And I think, uh, Oh, another fun fact is as an Eagles fan, if I ever see the Jets on the schedule, the Jets have never beaten the Eagles ever, which is kind of one of the most mind boggling stats. And I know, you know, just because they've never beaten them before doesn't mean they can't beat them now. But in my head, I'm like, oh, I mean, that's cool. Like Wait, maybe we'll real? be able to get a win. Yeah, that's that's real. The the New York Jets, for as long as they've been around, same with the Eagles, they have never beaten them ever. Uh, which what? is kind of cool. 
Yeah, I know. That's it, it's one of the most fun facts. I think there's only one other team that could hold that, not against the Jets. I think it's like maybe like the Houston Texans have never beaten or is undefeated against a blank team, but that's just because they're so new. But the fact that the Eagles have are undefeated against the Jets are kind of crazy because oh. the Jets definitely had that period of time where they're powerhouses and things like that coming out of the AFC. And I know the Eagles don't always play the Jets, but I don't know. It's just kind of cool. I thought you knew that. I, I thought I mentioned that before. Yeah, I mean, maybe, but I mean, I, I feel like I didn't know that. I don't, I don't, it just seems so weird that like, cause the Jets have been around for what, 70 years. And so have the Eagles. It's just weird. Yeah. Um, and I think it's one of the most fun facts. I'm actually kind of looking it up as we look. Yeah. It says the New York Jets have never beaten the Philadelphia Eagles ever. The Jets have some good <laughs> teams, of course, with like Joe Namath and things like that, but no, it's one of the cool facts that the Eagles can have kind of similar to a, People used to be like, oh, Eagles never won a Super Bowl. The Eagles never had a 4,000-yard passer. And, you know, we barely can now say, hey, both of those things happened. I, it might have not looked pretty, but it has now happened. And But this is something that could also be going down. But I think the one thing that I did want to say before we move on to the next topic of the appetizer is I think there is a little bit more intrigue with the schedule release this year only because of that 17th game. The 17th game, yeah. Yep. So I know we talked about it a little bit lightly, but it's, hey, let's – open it up again. What are your thoughts on that 17 schedule? Um, I think it's going to be interesting. Um, just like seeing like the whole kind of season play out because you have like the veterans um, like Tom Brady and stuff like that, who have been around forever. And you want to see like how, kind of how they react to that extra game. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, like there's already that rookie wall where like after like game 12, they kind of like slow down because they're not used to playing the longer season. And now it's an even longer season. So Absolutely. it's going to be interesting just to see how the guys react to it. I know one thing that a lot of people have been saying is like, oh, it's going to be so ugly. Like the 16 game schedule is absolutely perfect. You know, you play your division twice and you play out of division this much time. And then, you know, just like eight and eight. That's perfect. And anytime I think of records, I always match it up to 16 perfectly. But one thing that I feel like is not mentioned enough, and I feel like maybe like fantasy podcasts do talk about, but at least in the general public, what I don't hear about is our perception of what is nor like a normal season that is a good season is going to be hard. Like a thousand yards receiving or rushing. That's usually a pretty solid indication that that player had a good yeah, year or yeah, yeah. Or, um, you know, 100 receptions. Oh, that's crazy. Like, that's awesome. But now with that extra game, I'm not trying to be dramatic and being like, oh, every single record is now going to be shattered this one season. I'm not saying that at all. But I feel like do you almost have to put like an asterisk now, I guess, because there is that extra elbow room. I know there are still some records like Jerry Rice holds when there are still pretty much like 14 game seasons and weird stuff like that. And we don't put an asterisk with that only because it's just so crazy. But I feel like this definitely leaves a little bit more room for people to be like, wait, is a hundred or a thousand yard season that impressive anymore? Or maybe the threshold so, will change. So just like real quick, if you are a thousand yard receiver or a thousand yard rusher, you know how many yards you need to have per game? Mm, how 50, many? 59. That's <laughs> it. That's it. You just need to have 59 yards per game and you get a thousand yards. So I feel like it's not, not like it was like that much more before. I think before it was like in the hold 60s, on, hold so on, hold like on. So you need about maybe. 15 yards per quarter. Like at the end of the first yeah. quarter, I look at my running back. Oh, David Johnson had 17 yards. That's nothing. And I'm like, oh, actually, 
Oh, it's not that bad, apparently, because he's he's on track. He's on track to hit a thousand yards. <laughs> yeah, so I feel like like now because like pretty much every team runs like some type of committee, so it's probably like, um, like like I don't know how many teams like even have like a hundred percent like Dalvin Cook, Zeke Elliott. Like there isn't like that many like, Henry stud three down Derrick Henry. Yeah, so there's only like what five six like stud oh, so maybe like, three down running backs. Itself out is kind of maybe what you're saying. Maybe. It's yeah, true like we might that, have a bunch of a thousand yard rushers. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense because of those committee backs and whatnot. That definitely makes yeah. sense. And do you think there are going to be some big fantasy implications? I know some changes that have already been made or some leagues have been changing up how they want to do their championship weekend. But do you think the 17 game season is going to stick? Or do you think what a lot of people are kind of saying is they're going to eventually try to push for that 18 game with two buys in between? Yeah, 100%. I think the 17 is just a placeholder for 18. And the next time that they have the CBA come around, so what is it, 20, 2032? Mm-hmm. Um, it'll be 18 games with two buys. Like, I'm, yeah. I'm, I know that's going to happen. Like, I'm not, there's no, and then once it gets to 18 with two buys, it'll probably stay like that, probably until we're dead. Um, yeah. It'll be like that for like 40, 50 years. Like, it'll be like yeah. that for a long time. But Man. I bet um, Drew Brees is so pissed right now. He set like all these records that I felt <laughs> yeah. like we're like, damn, this is not going to be broken for a while. And then you see Patty Mahomes over here launching nukes. And then now they're like, oh, Pat, you might get like two extra games on top of, you know, what all these other old quarterbacks have done. And Patrick Mahomes is like, oh, sweet. Like, oh, sorry. Oh, sweet. I can't do Kermit's voice right now. Um, he's already throwing like, what, four or 5,000 yards a season. So I can't imagine what he's going to be able to accomplish with two more games on the schedule. Do you think teams are going to be a little bit more hesitant and being able to keep all their stars out there? I don't think so. Only because of that number one seed being so important, right? Yeah. So I think, I also think by the time we get to that next CBA, there's a whole nother team added from the AFC and the NFC in the playoffs. Um, so I think we'll have, Instead of the seven teams that it is right now, it'll be eight teams from both with the first and second seed getting a bye again, like it used to be. Mm-hmm. Um, because they all they at the end of the day, they just want to make as most money possible. And so we'll have 16 teams in the playoffs, which is kind of shitty because like half the league makes it. Um, but at the same it's time, that, that, but that I feel like it'll fan, be such a headache for fantasy players because if True. two buys are back in the mix, that means number one seed and number two seed are about equal power. Maybe if you really want that home field advantage, you can get, especially with a longer season. But I mean, I feel like people are, or teams are going to be benching star players again towards the end of the season when they have certain seeds locked up. Yeah. Whereas I feel like because that number one seed is so important right now, I'm not saying teams won't bench people, but they're a little bit more hesitant if they have that shot to get that first round by. But I think you're absolutely right. If they kind of incorporate the 18 game, get to two buys, I can totally see them bringing in another, you know, playoff team. And if that's the case, when we're playing fantasy, now we're saying, damn, like, do we have to extend our bench to take into account all these backups that might get more playing time towards the end of the season? Or how are we going to do that? I know this is kind of going to be a conversation for a later time, but it's kind of fun to speculate a little bit right now. Yeah. The schedule releasing. Yeah. Nothing too fun, but it's kind of thinking beyond that context of saying, hold on the 17 game season. What is that going to hold for us? And then maybe on the future, but I think you brought up a lot of really, really good points. And one thing I definitely want to transition into, speaking of good points and, you know, great ideas, your favorite player (laughs) has got his eighth chance in the NFL. How about it, Dare? What news just broke earlier today? 
Uh, we got Tim Tebow back in the NFL. I mean, anytime Tebow, that you can sign <laughs> Darren's favorite player, <laughs> anytime you can sign a 34 year old uh, guy that's never played tight end in his life and hasn't played in the NFL since 2012, you got to do it right. You just you just can't pass up on the opportunity. You just have to have him there. I, I just don't. I, I don't understand. Like, could you imagine like how how absolutely pissed like some 22 year old guy that like hasn't got a shot like. Yo, like dude, imagine sign. being Jake Butt right now. You know, you had yeah. injuries that kind of mess yeah. up your career for a little bit. You're definitely a solid tight end. But then you're like, oh, man, I just need a shot. Just put me on the practice squad, whatever. I will show up. And then the Jacksonville Jaguars are like, yo, you know what would be kind of dope? Let's get Tim Tebow in here. That'd be hilarious. And Jake Butt's just sitting here being like, are you fucking kidding me right now? Like the guy has had in his NFL career, which wasn't wasn't good. Um, he had one target in his NFL career and it hit him in the face. So that's your, um, your new tight end in Jacksonville. Um, I just don't, I don't know. I don't understand it. Obviously urban Meyer really, really likes the guy. Um, otherwise like he, if it wasn't for urban Meyer, like he's not playing the NFL ever again. So it's just, I guess he thinks he's going to bring something good to the locker room or something. I don't know because he can't really yeah. honestly, I think that think has to be the angle, right? Once it has to be. Yeah. Once like, Houston hired that dummy from Baltimore, Chaplin. the first thing he did was bring in Mark Ingram because he's like a really good locker room presence. He's like the best hype man. Yeah. Like he will do what needs to be done. No rookie's going to speak over Mark Ingram because he's such an intense guy. You'd have to think Urban Meyer goes to Jacksonville. There's just like the mentality there after that huge dumpster fire, what happened and all the fallout, you know, losing pretty much their entire defense because everyone just left because it was so toxic. And, uh, you know, them having your other favorite boy, Tom Coughlin, after everything they did with that kind of environment, <laughs> Urban Meyer probably comes in and be like, all right, people might think it's a meme that they brought me, you know, a really successful college coach. Now what else do I need to do to kind of convince people? All right, Tim Tebow, people might make fun of that, but, as a locker room presence and like kind of inspiring people say what you will about Tim Tebow. I know we both aren't a fan of his football ability, but I guess his ability to like, you know, once he's in the locker room, maybe people will be like, all right, maybe I just won't be a complete piece of shit right now. Kind of thing. I don't know. That's just a thought but, because I really doubt that urban Meyer is like, yeah, this guy is going to be the contributor. This is going to be the guy that Trevor Lawrence is going to love targeting. This is go to target, but like, <laughs> but like, why not? Why not just sign this guy? and make him a coach like does he just have no interest in coaching or something because like I, I could see Tim Tebow being a good coach because a lot of good coaches are shitty players so like I could see him being a good coach but like why not just make him a coach I, like why does he need to be signed to the freaking roster like I just don't, I don't right, Darren, Darren if you have the physique of Tim Tebow at 33 34 you still believe that you can do it it, it doesn't matter that you don't have the speed nor the it quick instincts or reaction speed of these college kids coming out. When you're Tim Tebow, you're like, yo, I'm still jacked. So that totally means I could still play football, you, which is definitely not the case. But in his head, he's like, I, I still got it, Urban. I, I wouldn't be surprised if Urban in the conversation with Tim, he was like, yo, I could bring you on as a staff member. And Tebow's like, no, like, trust me, I could be a player. I will now be a tight end. Urban's like, God damn it. I hope you weren't saying that, but all right, I'll, I'll do it that way. I, I wouldn't be surprised if that's how the conversation went. Do you know, um, who I saw on Twitter earlier. Do you know who the number one fantasy running back was the last time Team Tebow played in the NFL? Oh, my God. Was it like what? Like Arian Foster? It was. It was Arian Foster. Oh. And I feel like 
I feel like he's been retired for like five years and he like Tim Tebow they coming back from the dead. Like it's like what the fuck? Yeah, I don't think people understand how long ago Tim Tebow played. I think it's because his name is always in the sports media. It's like, oh, now he's playing baseball. Oh, now he's doing another blah, blah, blah. Oh, now he's an analyst, whatever. And so when he's back, they're like, oh, dude, yeah, he's only been out for a little. I'm like, bro, like he was there before Peyton Manning was even there, won them two Super Bowls or whatever, or no, a a Super Bowl, whatever. But so like, it's just so weird. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. So it it, kind of contextualizes what, the time frame was before he was there and kind of like what you mentioned even when he was there it's not like he was a gigantic difference maker but i know there's a lot of tim tebow truthers out there so those of you who are making fun of us saying oh man these are such bad takes tim tebow is going to be great i hope i am eating my words because that'll be hilarious i would love to live in a world where tebowing comes back that would be I just don't. like the biggest meme of all time. Oh, Darren, you will love it. With TikTok now, Tim Tebow will love it, man. He'll eat that up. But with all of that being said, I, we spent way too much time on that. Kaiser, <laughs> this was supposed to be a quick meal. But hey, let's go to the main course and let's wrap up this series. Darren, who was the number one consensus that we had for, you know, the whole state of the franchise? We got Mr. Max, the owner of the Murphy Street Empire. Uh, and you deliciously labeled this episode the empire strikes back and as soon as i saw that, i was like yo darren darren is coming out with some fire titles because there's nothing more appropriate than that he's coming with a vengeance he's bringing out his freaking death star which is his lineup i mean he's got a perfect freaking lineup almost i mean he's coming with a vengeance he, he had some bad luck the first two years and he's coming I feel like this is definitely something that he needed because like you mentioned, he definitely did have his fair share of bad luck when it comes to win percentage. He is tied for eighth in the league. Uh, That is not very good. We only have 12 people in the league. He has a 46% win percentage. It's not looking the prettiest, if you will, but it's not because his team was bad. His team scores a whole bunch of points. He just didn't have the best matchups and whatnot, but we are not going to let the past dictate what we think it did. You know, his team has in hold for the future. And I think next season or this upcoming season is going to be the season where he puts it all together. But before we break down his roster, let's talk about some trades there. What are some trades that Max has done that deserves a little bit of uh spotlight? Okay. So I'm going to just roll off a bunch of them because Max made a lot of trades in the past year. Um, so the first one is the most recent one he did. He sent the pick two ten for Jarvis Landry. Yeah, so um, he, he, he sent a third for Jarvis Landry, essentially, which is ridiculous. <laughs> ridiculous. <laughs> he sent DJ Moore two 2022 seconds, and he received Antonio Gibson and a 2023 third. Um, he God. sent Keyshawn Vaughn and 3.08. He received Adam Troutman. He sent pick 4.05. He received Todd Gurley. He sent Alan Lazard, and he got back Keyshawn Vaughn, who he later traded away. Um, he sent Robbie Anderson, Chase Edmonds, RG3, and he received a 2021 first and a 2021 second. Um, he sent Tyler Lockett and a 2022 third, and he received a 2021 first and a 2022 second. Um, the last trade that was worth mentioning, I thought, he sent Cooper Cup, Duke Johnson, and Jalen Richard, and he received Allen Robinson, Robbie Anderson, and that, that would be it for all the trades that he made that, right. that were, like, notable. 
you said a lot. There were a few that were in there that we have to tackle in a little bit more in depth. So let's tackle this whole DJ Moore trade that you mentioned that got him Mr. Antonio Gibson. I believe you said he sent away DJ Moore in two seconds in 2022 and received back Antonio Gibson in a 2023 third. What are your thoughts? I mean, I like it because of the way that his team is. Um, so he's his team, like he has uh, four like, stud running backs. He has Jonathan Taylor, uh, Nick Chubb, Cam Akers, and Antonio Gibson. And I mean, it doesn't get much better than that. Like he has four stud running backs. And if he didn't make this trade, you wouldn't be able to say that, obviously. But he's pretty like solid at wide receiver, and he knew he had that depth, so he knew he could pounce on this. And it's hard to get a guy. Uh, I, I mean, I know that Antonio Gibson was like a third round pick in our draft last year, but it kind of he he kind of like lucked in that spot with Darius Geist being like a real shitty person and stuff. Um, <laughs> I don't think Antonio Gibson would be Antonio Gibson right now if it wasn't for all that crazy stuff. Um, you think uh, Antonio I mean, Gibson just woke up? He's counting his stars. Be like, man, I am so happy that Darius Geis is a piece of shit. This is such a blessing for me. I love this. In a way, he probably is. Because, I mean, say Darius Geis didn't – he was like a model citizen, right? It, it's probably some kind of timeshare between Darius Geis and Antonio Gibson. Like, Antonio Gibson might be like the 1A, but Darius Geis is going to be involved. Like, he was a second-round pick. He's a really good running back. So, it's it would be some kind of timeshare, I would assume. I really um, like this trade, especially because Max at this time had crazy amounts of ammunition for anything he wanted to do. So he had a ton of draft picks. He had a lot of good receivers. And so what he did was he was like, all right, I have two seconds here that I could package with DJ Moore. Uh, and I'm not saying DJ Moore isn't a good receiver, but he already has yeah, a bunch good. of really good wide receivers. And so yeah. in his head, he's like, let me package all these excess things and try to get a monster and that is something he was able to do i mean washington didn't draft a running back this past draft or anything that would threaten the amount of touches that gibson should be getting so i feel like that just kind of magnified how important he could be heading into next season at least especially with that great defense he's gonna get his yeah i think that getting antonio gibson with the trajectory that max's team is on was like huge for him because you don't do you trust Sam Darnold? Because I don't like, I, I mean, I know that DJ, DJ Moore is a really good re wide receiver, but like Sam Darnold sucks. So. I think DJ Moore is exactly the type of wide receiver that Darnold needs. Uh, you don't really now, need to do if, you just if need if a DJ Moore's in the slot. Yeah. Like he's going to be really good. If DJ Moore. Cause that's like, that's the only thing that Sam Darnold throws to is the slot. Like that's why Jamison Crowder was really good. Like his best receiver every year he's been in the NFL has been a slot receiver. Not just that, I feel like the way Rule, Rule, I feel like, understands how to get the best out of his players. Like, when he got Robbie Anderson, he wasn't yeah. like, all right, you're going to be a one-trick pony. You're just going to run in a straight line, and that's it. Robbie Anderson is very good at that, but when he came on to Carolina Panthers, he was a completely different type of receiver, and he was good at it. Same with uh, Curtis Samuel. I don't think it's coincidence that once Rule got there, he saw what he had in Samuel's like, oh, this is going to be fun. Let's just get this guy the ball. And now that he's not there, DJ Moore is there. I'm not saying DJ Moore is Curtis Samuel. DJ Moore is a much more complete receiver, but he is pretty darn explosive as well. So Rule has to see this and be like, I don't know how, but we got to get this kid the ball. Just put the ball in his hands and he is going to be awesome. And for Sam Darnold, while his accuracy might be an issue at times, it doesn't take much effort to just throw like a little slant, a couple of screens, 
to maybe a couple of digs here and there to be able to just put the ball in his hand and just get him, get the yak kind of thing. So I feel like if I were to try to drop any specific type of receivers for Sam Donald, yeah, AJ Brown, that would be dope. But the fact that he lands in Carolina with a coach that hopefully understands how to utilize his talents with the offensive weapons he already has, I feel like it's people are fading Darnold too quick. And this isn't me defending him, but I'm saying, hey, he has a shot. And I feel like DJ Moore, this, and <laughs> maybe it's a hot take, but this has to be one of the better quarterbacks he has had. He had what came to when he was dead and didn't have a shoulder and Teddy that's, Bridgewater. That's true. And now I'm not saying Sam Darnold is some kind of significant upgrade, but yo, he can sling it when he needs to. And we've yeah. seen what quarterbacks have done after they moved on from gays. I'm not saying this is going to happen again, but why is it not in the realm of possible? People are just saying Darnold sucks now, which is true. I'm not the, he did suck when he was on the jets, but so did Tannehill. So did uh, just pretty much any quarterback that lived with gays besides paint men, yeah. of course, but it, it's just crazy for me to think like, Oh yeah, it's, it's open and open and shut. Darnold now sucks, which once again, I wouldn't be surprised if he said it because looking at his tape, you will, but I, I don't want to fade him. Yeah, I mean, he definitely could bounce back, but I, I kind of think that this time next year, they'll be, or maybe a month previously, um, they'll be in the race for Deshaun Watson, I think. They'll be oh, right yeah. back in I that think race. it would be <laughs> dumb for them not to get more depth and maybe even more competition and things like that. Don't put all your eggs in that basket. But I feel like there's definitely a reality where Darnold surprises people. Yeah, he, could, he like, could be good. He's still young and mm-hmm. he, it's possible. He, he, it's not like he didn't have the potential. It's just... I think that even in college, like he just turned the ball over too much. I agree. And I, I think that he's just, he's just a turnover machine. And and you see like a guy like, like James Winston, who was way better than Sam Darnold. And he just, he can't even barely find a job, which is crazy. Yeah, I definitely agree. But if Sam Darnold were to hit, you'd have to imagine DJ Moore is pretty happy. He's probably the biggest benefactor if Darnold were to hit. Yeah, I, I think so. Um, I think it'll, it would probably be like maybe maybe McCaffrey. He, he might be a big benefactor of having a – because it is probably – Darnold has to be the best quarterback that's been there in the last couple of years. Like Cam Newton was dead, like you said. Like he's he's been dead for a couple of years. And then Teddy Bridgewater stinks. Yeah. So. But and, at the same time, I still like the trade for, for Max at the same time. Oh, yeah. like he's, he's giving up like what his, at the time it was his, what, fourth, fourth best receiver, maybe third, third or fourth best receiver for a top 12 dynasty running back, right? Like he's 22. Uh, he might be like a bell cow-ish kind of guy. He's not competing with anybody except for that dude from the Seahawks, whatever the hell his name is. McKissick, McKissick, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's the only his, his only competition, right? Like, it's just him. For sure. And kind of on the same theme of Carolina wide receivers, Max actually sent away another one, which I want to highlight in another trade. He sent away, like you mentioned before, Robbie Anderson, Chase Edmonds, and RG3. So he just pretty much sent Robbie Anderson and received <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> a 2021 first and a set. Like, I know Max's game is drowning people in compliments calling you a trade god and things like that i don't know man <laughs> yeah. max is firing off some trades where i'm just like what i how i can't even 
like, first of all, why is RG3 even on a roster? Why wasn't he even a part? Like, if you wanted to give me RG, you would have to pay me. I'd be like, I don't want to cut anyone yeah, on my roster to have him. Like, just cut him out entirely. But I don't know. What What are your thoughts? I, I feel like this is just, this is a smash. Yeah, this is like an absolute. So, like, if if um Steve went to trade Chase Evans right now, he could probably get a second in return if someone was willing to offer it. Like, that's probably, like, his value. Yeah. Um. But if you wanted to trade Robbie Anderson, he's not getting the first. Like he's he's definitely not getting the first. So, <laughs> um, yeah, uh, that's I don't even know. Like, what would you get for Robbie Anderson? A second, like a late second, maybe like a third. Like, because I'm I personally like I like Robbie Anderson. He went to Temple. Like, I, I thought he stunk when he was at Temple, but he's been a good NFL player. But like, I, I'm probably not going to giving up a second round pick for him. Like, unless it's like a very late second. Like, there's. I, I think this is a smash trade for Max because like there's no way Steve can recoup that value for Robbie Anderson, in my opinion. I think one thing that we definitely have to think about with all these trades is kind of the fluctuation of how people value draft picks during the season. They don't really, or not they, I mean, people just don't value draft picks as much because the season's happening. So when Robbie Anderson was like a top three receiver, like the first four or five weeks and it happened, everyone's like, Oh, that's crazy. And you and I, yeah. even we were like, Hey, I know that's a great start, but Holy shit. Like that's, that's a fucking first round pick. What are you doing? But other people are like, Oh, yeah. that's fine because he's really, really good. And but Max is like the king at being able to capitalize when to pounce. And mm-hmm. another the reason I kind of brought this transition over is because look, in this next trade I want to talk about, he got it's yet another thing. first round pick. <laughs> he sent over Tyler Lockett, who I like 10 times more than Robbie Anderson. So I just want to get yeah. that out of the way. I don't want people to think, wow, you guys are really putting Lockett and Anderson in the same cat. No, I'm not, not at all. But yeah. Max was still able to send away Tyler Lockett, who just got an extension, of course, and a 2020, or sorry, and a 2022 third and received a 2021 first and a 2022 second. So like, so he pretty much pick swap a second or third and then, you know, got a first for Lockett, which, you know, I feel like that's fair, but that's still, damn. Max, it's, it's what a, are you doing? Man? You're crazy. Like, so like Joe paid a premium to get Tyler Lockett because I don't, this is another, like, like you said, like Tyler Lockett's way better than Robbie Anderson. But at the same time, I don't know if anyone's going to give up a first to get Tyler Lockett. Like it's just, it, it, he got these two guys to pay a premium because of the situation that they were in. Because like you said, yeah. during the season and they were like, you know, I got a, I got a good chance I could win this year. So they were like, fuck the pick. So I'm going to go in with it. I'm just going to deal with it later. Um, for these guys that neither of them dealt with it later because neither of them are in the league anymore. <laughs> so uh, maybe this is why maybe they out. just got trade raped so hard. Their buttholes were gaping open. They're like, we can't do this anymore. I can't, I can't recover because I don't know, maybe, maybe, um, well, Chuck's a different story because Chuck just didn't care at all, but like maybe Joe was like, you know, I'm never going to get that first back for Tyler Lockett. So I'm just going to just crawl up into a ball and cry and leave. <laughs> <'Cause>, <laughs> And yeah, I, I feel like, like one last thing that we wanted to bring apart is you and I love Tyler Lockett, but it's the fact that he is not even the number one in that offense, obviously, in yeah. my opinion. I think that's DK Metcalf now. Yeah. And not just that, but Pete Carroll has repeatedly said they want to run more. So he's now a number two on an offense that doesn't even have that big of a pie. Yes, you have Russell Wilson throwing you the ball, but would that equate over to a first rounder? 
I still think Tyler Lockett is worth maybe like a late first, but I'm not one that would do it. So that's not fair for me to say, right? Just because I put a yeah. value on someone, it's kind of hypocritical to be like, all right, Tommy, then go do it. I'll be like, ah, no, then maybe his valuation <laughs> isn't what I think it is. But hey, he did yeah. go for a first tier. So that means kind of like what you mentioned. I think you hit it perfectly, Darren. Max is just really good at capitalizing at the right time and getting those premiums. Like, I don't think you can yeah. argue too much that Tyler Lockett isn't worth at least, not at least, but a first. I feel like that's justified. He's good enough. He has those big blow-up games. And I think, what, like the past two, three years, he's always like a top 12 receiver. Maybe he's mm-hmm. not the most consistent, but he does explode when he needs to. So just being able to flip it for both, you know, a first and a second. I know Max is doing a third in there, but you know how I feel about any picks after, you know, like a mid second. Yeah. It's pretty much worthless. Thirds can to be me. worth something, but you got to get lucky. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But yeah, the way that Max is able to continue to get even more ammunition on a team, like, like we already mentioned, he already has a lot of good wide receivers. So he's like, all right, let me just throw away this wide receiver that might be the fourth or fifth best wide receiver on my team. And let me just get another first and second. So maybe I can get, someone that's even better than Tyler Lockett, maybe another receiver if you want to. It's it's just unbelievable the way that Max is playing right now as, you know, a fantasy football owner. And last but not least, I know there's one more trade that you want to bring up right there. Yeah, this is the trade that he made with Kenny, another owner that is no longer an owner of a team. Um, but he sent Cooper Cup, Duke Johnson, Jalen Richard, and he got Robbie Anderson, who he later traded away for a first, and Allen Robinson. Um I don't know what the hell Kenny was thinking. I thought that this is the time, like when he made the trade, I was like, what the fuck? I was like, why, why would he trade for Cooper Cup, Duke Johnson, who was a backup running back, and Jalen Richard, who was a backup running back, and give up Allen Robinson, who's a top 15 dynasty wide receiver at the very least, and Robbie Anderson, who I would rather have Robbie Anderson than both those shitty running backs. So like, I was like, what the, what the fuck is he doing? Like, why why like why would he do this i just don't i just don't understand because i i get that like kenny was like thinking like oh i need some running back depth i guess but like those guys you wanted those guys (laughs) like what (laughs) i this right here is what told me that kenny may have just been lucking into wins because i look at this trade from every single angle trying to wrap my brain around it and i'm like It just doesn't compute to me. And I think it's even magnified even more when you see what Max was able to do with just Robbie Anderson after that. So essentially, he sent away Cooper Cup, Duke, and Jalen Richard and got Allen Robinson, a first-round pick, and a second-round pick, essentially. That's what I see here. And that's absolutely unbelievable. And Jalen Richard, I'm not not 100% sure if Jalen Richard's on an NFL roster, and I know Duke Johnson is not. So basically he traded Cooper cup for Allen Robinson and Robbie Anderson, which is weird because we will both say that Kenny is one of the biggest Allen Robinson fans. Yeah. He went to Penn state. Like he, Kenny loves Allen Robinson. So when I saw this, I was like, what the fuck? Kenny has to have a fat head of Cooper cup in his room, right? Like he has to, he he must, or he's just like really into the white wide receivers. Like Bill Belichick is like, I just don't, (laughs) Oh dude, he's like, dude, if there's another reincarnate of, Jordy Nelson. Oh, he would bust a load everywhere. He, he would trade everything for him. But he probably would. But these are just small examples of what made this empire that you mentioned. And I just did some research because Darren, you know, I'm not up to date with pop culture, especially not uh Star Wars. And mm-hmm. who is Emperor Darth Sidious? He's a 
apparently he's like the leader of the empire. I feel like the reason I bring this up is because I'm envisioning like Max sitting in his computer with like his hood up, laughing evilly, being like, yeah, I made three trades with three owners and now they're out of the league because I sucked their souls out because that's how much I trade rate them. And so he's just creating he's like empire. He, he is. So like, you know, you've probably seen like the memes with like Bill Belichick with the hood and stuff, right? Yeah, yeah, like yeah, 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 yeah. Like, it, that's that's who he's like pretending to be like or not not actually Bill Belichick but like the memes are like portraying him to yeah, be yeah that's exactly how Sidious. I see him it's crazy so, like, he's he's he thinks he's going under the Max thinks he's going under the radar he's like oh no like it might not hit <laughs> I'm like Max you could like try to deflect as much as you want but I don't think Darren and I are that stupid like we we cannot be manipulated and <laughs> we see what the trades you have done we see what your roster is we see how in tune you are with there's no way you're too good and so speaking of that let's jump in let's jump into that roster breakdown let's talk about this incredible quarterback room probably one of the best in the league right now he has kyler dak and jared goff with your infamous question mark right so let's talk about uh kyler real quick i know he kind of broke out the way that people wanted to last year then he had that shoulder injury but Mm -hmm. man when he was on he was like having Lamar Jackson from the year back, except Kyler can throw the ball, except he has a nuke, except now he also like now they even have Rondale Moore. I know that's kind of just being like fantasizing about what he can do, but I mean, Kyler is exactly what you essentially wanted him to be when you drafted him as a rookie, right? Yeah. I mean, he, and he also got Kyler for a steal too. Like he, he traded, um, if you remember like in our first yeah, he traded with Josh for draft, nothing. Yeah, he traded a first and a second for for Kyler, which was like nothing. And I, I think I don't I think um Josh turned that into because like looking at this so many times being just like baffled. He turned it into Daniel Jones and Andy Isabella. So like that's what he that's what Max traded for Kyler Murray and I would do that a million times out of a million. Like I think not even thinking twice about it. Not that I'm trying to defend Josh. I don't think Josh thought that he was going to go Kyler. I think he mentioned, he's like, oh man, I didn't think he was going to get Kyler, but that is not a get out of free jail card. Like why, why mm-hmm. would you make that trade anyway? But Kyler is undoubtedly what a top five quarterback, like no matter how you cut yeah, it, even 100%. if you don't like him, even if you don't like him, you have to have him top five. And yeah. so he's looking real good. Even if it was Kyler and golf, I would be like, all right, that's still a pretty solid quarterback or maybe not the best, but it's solid. But the fact that he has Mr. Dakota Prescott, what, isn't it Dakota Rain Prescott? I yeah, think that's Dakota his name. Rain. Yeah, yep. sorry, Dakota Rain Prescott, dude. Having him sitting there, of course, uh, he got hurt, which is really, really disappointing. Even as an Eagles fan, we both really, really like Dak Prescott, and he yeah. was lighting the world on fire that first like four games. Maybe they weren't winning, but he was on like a historic pace, which was definitely not going to be able to be sustainable. But he showed that he can thrive under that offense with uh, what Kellen Moore, I think that was like pretty much like that offense that kind of instilled. And now they have CD Gallup Cooper. They have like all these guys coming out and it's just a phenomenal offense to watch. And on paper, you thought it should be good. And then they delivered their defense kind of shit the bit, but their offense every single year, everyone says the Cowboys offense should be good. And as an Eagles, I'm like, yeah, but it never works out. But the beginning of last year, I was like, shit, it's actually happening. And then, unfortunately, he went down. So what are your thoughts on Dak and his future? I mean, I, I love Dak. He's a freaking loaded offense. I've always liked Dak. I'm like one of those one of those guys that would be like at the Eagles tailgates and like arguing with people like, 
Eagles fan saying that Dak is better than uh, Carson Wentz because I never like Carson Wentz, but I always like Dak. And I, they would like, obviously as an Eagles, another Eagles fan, they're going to defend Carson Wentz to the death saying that Dak Prescott sucks. But like, if you could have traded in the, say in the beginning of the season last year, if the Cowboys were like, Hey, let's do Carson Wentz for Dak Prescott straight up. The fucking Eagles would have run like how he would have did that in his fucking sleep. Like he would have loved for that to happen. So like Dak's Dak's really good. Like he's also like, I think you could argue he's a top five quarterback as well. Um, so you got two, arguably two top five dynasty quarterbacks on the same roster. Yeah. I'm just a little bit, maybe it's the Philadelphia Eagles fan in me. I'm just not sure with, Dak only because yes, he was playing lights out unreal the first four or five games and every single year he's been in the NFL, he's been getting better and better. So maybe what we saw uh, at the beginning of last year, I, it's not fair for me to write it off saying it's not sustainable. So I'm not going to no, that's not fair for me to say at all, but it's also not fair to say that is what we should expect because you just don't know, especially because he is coming back from such a brutal injury. And so, yeah, it's, he's one of the most polarizing players for me. I know eventually soon throughout the offseason, you and I were probably going to make our uh, top, you know, players lists of each position. So we could get a consensus for future podcasts where we kind of break down our top five in each position. I'm really interested to see where I'm going to end up putting Dak because I have to stat it out and see what happens. So I'm not saying that Dak is in top five. He definitely deserves to be in that conversation. But for me, I'm trying to think more realistically thinking, well, is he there? So it's kind of yeah, crazy. Hundred percent back. Yeah, yeah, but that's but that's still how good he is. He absolutely is in that conversation. So, last but not least, I, we don't have to spend too much time on this guy because he does have a question mark and he's not really that fun to talk about. But Jared Goff finds himself over in Detroit now, and so I guess you know, not bad. He, at least he's a starting quarterback. <laughs> he was a former number one yeah. pick. But what are your thoughts on Mr. Jared Goff? I think um, for Jared Goff, he this might potentially be his last year starting. Um, he might get like the kind of um, Andy Dalton treatment or whatever moving forward, or he's like the, the starter for like a young rookie year or whatever. Um, unless there's another team that really likes him. But I mean, I, I can't think he's going to have that amazing of a year this year. Like their skill position players are absolutely terrible aside from TJ Hawkinson and Deandre Swift, like every other person there is just bad. So I can't see him having like a great year. So it's probably the last year of him starting. Um, I mean, I like him. I think he's a good, good player, but I mean, I also like Josh Rosen and I think they're about the same guy. It's like talent wise. So this <laughs> oh, might be his go. Josh Rosen. Guys, year. we made it about 40 minutes in before Darren brought up Josh Rosen for no reason. New this record. is his Josh Rosen year. It's it. This is it. Like this is the year where he's, he has nobody around him, like no talent. He's going to be absolutely terrible. And then from this point on, he's just going to be a backup. Yeah, I don't really have much to add. It's Jared Goff. Uh, I, I feel bad because I was never a big fan of him. Uh, I pretty much wrote him off when I watched Hard Knocks and he didn't know where the sun rose. And I was like, bro, you're in oh California. God, yeah. Like, there are <laughs> such things as time zones. Why do you think that exists? Like, where do you think the sun, like, what is going on, <laughs> man? And like, he was like, but okay, I, I make that as a joke, but I feel like he was so dumbfounded that he thought this wasn't a thing that people knew that he would ask his teammates. And his teammates like, yeah, of course I know it rises from, and they was like, what? Oh God, I guess I didn't know. And I, I in a way, I kind of felt bad. I was like, why is Hard Knocks painting this kind of picture on him? But at the same time, I'm like, bro, like, come on now. How do you not know mm -hmm. that?
But with that being said, let's talk about his, oh my God, his absolutely loaded running. I know you mentioned it already, but he pretty much has four of what? The top 10, top 12 for sure. Dynasty running backs right now with Jonathan Taylor, Chubb, Akers, and Antonio Gibson. That that's just unbelievable right now. I, I I can't no team comes even close to sniffing this type of talent in the running back room, right? Yeah, it's incredible. Like he he literally so in like I know that everyone's rankings are different, but in mine, he has four top 12 running backs, and that is like absolutely amazing. Um, with the the highest of them all being Jonathan Taylor, who who like passed on. Um he he got <laughs> He has Jonathan Taylor. The guy's 22 years old. He's on a team. In his rookie year. Did he have one game where he rushed for like 300 yards and everyone was like, what in the world? Yeah. So he got off to a slow start and everything, but like the dude's a freaking animal and he's on a team with a good offensive line. Um, a decent By the way, you and I both had him clearly as a ranked number one running back last year. I remember you and I kept talking to me like, yeah. what, what do people not see? Like, DeAndre Swift is good. Don't get me wrong. But you and I were like, but this is Jonathan. He's like a different breed. But everyone kept yeah. putting in like, oh, his pass. Guy. I was like, no, dude, just as a running back, dude, Jonathan Taylor is the guy. And so I'm so glad he hit, though. Yeah, because he's, I mean, I couldn't see him not hitting going to Indianapolis because they had they were set up to be a good run team. All he needed was that running back that was going to like fit in there. And I, I mean, honestly, Jonathan Taylor could have won pretty much anywhere. And I think he would have been good just because he's like, he's like close to like a Saquon Barkley level, like running back, but he's, he's awesome. And he's going to be good for, I don't know, five, six, seven more years. So like, he's going to be around for a long time. Speaking of just super great physical specimens, let's talk about Nick Chubb. When I look at Nick Chubb, the only word that comes into my mind is efficiency. I feel like every time he touches the ball, he's good. But in like a weird, different type of efficiency. Like, remember when Kamara, his rookie year or even his sophomore year, like he barely touched the ball, but he exploded every single time. It's not like that kind of efficiency, but essentially the same. Like, you wouldn't think that when you look at Nick Chubb play or even look at him as just like a player profile, it would be like, oh, super, super explosive and really mm-hmm. efficient. Like, some people might have wrote on be like, oh, yeah, he might need to touch the ball 25 times to have a decent game. No, that has not been the case because essentially anytime he touches the ball, he has, he's a threat to take it all the way, which is not something I saw much of when he was coming in. And I was one of the biggest Nick Chubb truthers out there before he got big. So I know I usually bring up trying to be a hipster being like, Hey guys, see, look, I was right. But this is, uh, this is a hill. I'll always die on. I know I always have you to back me up. I've always been a Nick Chubb truther and it sucks because I know Max likes them as much as I do. So I know I'll never be able to get them. And I know Steve loves Nick Chubb as well. I think the only real knock you could put on him is the fact that Kareem Hunt is on the same team as him. But like Nick Chubb is so good to the point where even Kareem Hunt accepts the fact that he's not the alpha on that team. And Kareem Hunt is a phenomenal running back. I feel like that's kind of the best compliment you could give Nick Chubb, right? Yeah, I mean, Nick Chubb is, I think you could, you could make an argument that Nick Chubb might be one of the best running backs in the NFL um he is he's a guy that can he can handle the load like three downs um be the bell cow and he can also seamlessly kind of be that one-two punch with cream hunt like he i I thought like kind of like you were saying that he might be the kind of guy that needs to have like a bunch of carries to get going but he's totally fine just being like i'm gonna go in get 10 
12, 15 touches and, or I can get 25 touches and I'm going to be the exact same guy. Um, it's, it's pretty crazy, especially because of that crazy like knee injury that he had uh, back in college. Like they were saying like, weren't they saying like he might like, never walk again and shit. Yeah, and they're like, like, yeah, even if he does walk, <laughs> he's going to need like a cane or something. Yeah. And the dude's like one of the best running backs in the NFL. And it's, it's so weird, but he's, he's awesome. Um, I think every, so the only, um, I, me personally, I think right now the lowest of any of the running backs I am on is Akers, um, just because of the investment that they made in Stafford. Um, I think that they might throw more than they normally do because they want to make that trade um, look good. Um, so more than a Jared Goff team where you're like going to run to kind of hide his inefficiencies, you might pass a little bit more now that you have Matt Stafford. So, and they drafted a shit ton of wide receivers in this draft. Like they drafted Tutu Atwell. They brought in Deshaun Jackson. Um, they, they signed that uh, Jacob Harris guy that they're going to try and convert to tight end. They already have Robert Woods and Cooper Cup. Like, I think they might try and throw more, which might hurt Akers a little bit. Brought up because maybe Stafford will finally unlock McVay's offense. Because remember mm-hmm. how McVay was always touted as like this absolute offensive mastermind. Anyone that has sat mm-hmm. on the seat that his cheeks have touched was getting an interview. But in yep. my head, yeah, McVay's offense is great. I mean, he got all the way to, you know, be as successful successful as he's been. He's almost like the standard, or he was the standard for the coach. He's super young, offensive-minded, and he completely revolutionized how the Rams are viewed. But my thought was always, nah, dude, that's Shanahan. That's how we should be talking about Shanahan because that's what he's able to do with absolutely no one's. But maybe mm-hmm. with Stafford now, maybe McVay is finally tired. Be like, hey, people are not talking about me the way that they used to. So now let me show them what I got. I'm tired of hand-holding golf and have Stafford kind of exactly what you said. But my thought to combat what you're not combating, but I guess the devil's advocate will be maybe they'll be just so efficient you know, maybe yeah, Akers won't yeah. need the 25. Maybe he only needs to touch a ball 14, 15 times, but he's just ripping huge yards because, you know, they can't stack a box against the Rams anymore kind of thing. So I feel like with yeah. that in mind, it's just going to be really nice. And you also have to keep in mind that the Rams have really good defense. So yeah, if I, de- I think I, I could see that like along the lines of what you're saying. I could see it just the Rams offense just being so good and so efficient that it just might not matter. And just everyone in the offense is good. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much like, I don't care who I have on this offense, but I need a piece and having acres as your piece is a pretty significant hold. And I feel like we don't need to talk yeah. about Antonio Gibson too much. Cause we already dove in, but the fact that he has JT Chubb acres and Gibson as his running, that's just, I don't know. It just sucks for me to see. Awesome. Like, I don't like talking about players on Max's team because I know I'll never be able to get them on my team. So I'm just like, damn it. So like when I'm looking at highlights on YouTube of certain players, whenever I see like JT highlights, I don't even watch them. I'm like, I'm never going to have on my team. What's even the point? So mm-hmm. it's kind of funny because that's how stacked it is. But hey, let's look over to his wide receiver room. It's also pretty darn stacked, right? Yeah, I mean, he has Justin Jefferson, who's arguably the wide receiver one in dynasty because of his age and the season he just put out. Um, he has Allen Robinson, who we talked about already and Chris Godwin, there is three best. And then he has like the depth guys like Jarvis Landry, Michael Gallup and Christian Kirk. Um, all three of those guys, I have question marks on for various reasons, but it's that stud at the top. Like you don't, you can't really get much better than that. I mean, that's, that's up there with like you and Steve with his wide receiver core with just being so good at wide receiver, like Justin Jefferson, um, 
nobody really expected him to be this good this fast. But I mean, you gotta have him also someone that might pass at least on. top ten, right? <laughs> it's also someone, yeah. But you gotta have him at least very at the very least top ten dynasty wide receiver right now. Um, Absolutely, which I is think- crazy. There has to be a little bit of questions, though. A little bit more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. His running back. Only because Allen Robinson, fantastic, right? But he's someone that gets his dues with volume. He's not someone mm-hmm. that's going to break off gigantic plays like Justin Jefferson can. I feel like we don't even need to talk about Justin Jefferson because anyone that watches football, I mean, he's like, he plays a game like Odell Beckham Jr. plays. He's explosive with the ball in his hands. He could get separate. He could do everything, which is awesome to see. But then you have someone like Allen Robinson who kind of gets his due with volume. And he, I can't doubt him. He get, he always gets, he always gets a huge target share, no matter who his quarterbacks are. He now just got an upgrade. Eventually, whenever Justin Fields plays, we don't have to conjecture or guess when he's going to step in, but whenever he does step in, that's a huge upgrade. And Fields is smart enough to be like, Hey, The Bears offense, they have decent receivers, but it is Allen Robinson's team, so I'm going to throw this guy the ball. So I feel like he's going to continue to be good, but there had to be a little bit of question marks on how long he's going to continue to be able to sustain with all that volume. And Godwin, I mean, Godwin broke out in a gigantic way two years ago. And last year, it's not that he disappointed. It's just there was just so many mouths to feed with Brady in there and stuff like that. And, you know, in the red zone, it's pretty much Mike Evans and Gronk's house that's how they make a living so godwin is also someone that seems like he might be a little bit more target driven but that's not a bad thing when you're playing fantasy football you need some of these safe type of receivers and to me al robinson and godwin are kind of those safe type of receivers i'm not saying they're bust proof but they also could be somewhat volatile which is kind of ironic for me to mention because i don't see too many situations scenarios i guess where Allen robinson explodes and is the rb1 or not rb sorry wide receiver one for that week and same with chris godwin uh, i'm sure he can and he has before but i'm more surprised when i see on the statue be like oh wow okay Godwin ended as a wide receiver two this week or wide receiver one this week. whereas if i see like justin jefferson i'm like oh yeah well, i mean of course yeah i mean you and you have so next year um like looking ahead to the future Allen robinson and chris godwin are both probably on different teams just because Allen Robinson just seems to hate the Bears organization. Um, so unless he, he might like take, really he might loves... just take the uh, Carmelo Anthony route, dude, he might just be like, all right, you're going to pay me money. I'll just play for you. I'll just get all my stats here. Maybe. I think if he like loves Justin Fields, he might stick around, but I mean, they might've already burnt that bridge with him possibly. Um, so he could potentially be on a different team. Chris Godwin, I think he'll definitely be on a different team just because the Bucks can't afford him. Um, but if those both of those guys, if they both leave, they're both going to be number one receivers wherever they go. Um, so, I mean, they're both, even if they leave those teams, they're still going to be great. So I don't even think Max has that to worry about. Like, just because sometimes if you have a guy that like is going into free agency, you have to be like kind of concerned, but like, I don't think Max even has to be concerned at all. No, um, these players have a big enough name and enough clout where wherever they go, they're going to get their targets. It's not mm-hmm. like, um, and this is no knock and ironically he's on like Christian Kirk. I feel like Christian Kirk, it might be looking for a new home eventually, not because he's not good. Yeah, it's just the way that too, Cliff maybe. Kingsbury has his offense right now. He kind of looks like the odd man out. Like Rondale Moore just got there. I feel like Rondale Moore hurts Kirk the most, in my opinion, I could be wrong in that take, but I feel like that's the one yeah. person that gets hurt the most. And so Christian Kirk, if he's in free agency, he is a little bit more landing spot dependent. And you know how much I love Kirk. I love Christian Kirk coming out. He was my wide receiver one of that draft class. Maybe that's not 
that tape might not look as beautiful as I thought it did at the time, but he's still a good player. But when he's in free agency, you're kind of looking a little bit more being like, oh man, I really hope he ends here or there. Whereas if Allen Robinson or Chris Godwin are free agent, you're like, ah, there are places I'd rather have them land, but no matter where they land, they're going to be good. Yeah, I think that all three of these guys, like Jarvis Landry, Christian Kirk, and Michael Gallup, they're all good players. Um, I think all three of these guys could be on different teams next year too. I think that <laughs> the Browns could potentially cut Jarvis and Odell after this season just because their cap numbers are so high and they're kind of getting older. Um, Christian Kirk, he like you said, Rondell Moore kind of makes Christian Kirk the odd man out a little bit. And Michael Gallup already is the odd man out when they drafted the CD Lamb last year. So it's either going to be Amari or Gallup that are gone. And I think that maybe because of how much Dak likes Amari, it might be Michael Gallup. Um, I, I think they're all three of them are good players, but they're kind of like landing spot dependent. Like you said, like if uh, Jarvis Landry, not so much so because he's kind of like that slot target hog guy. Um, but Christian Kirk kind of needs to go to the right team and same with Michael Gallup. Like if they go to like the wrong team, they might not be so good anymore. Um yeah. But, but these they, are, they like, are like the perfect players, though, to have as those depth. Yeah, great depth like if guys. you're starting yeah. Kirk, Gallup, or Landry, uh, I'm not saying that's a bad thing. If they're your starters, they're still good. But the fact that he has them in reserve in case anything happens to so his three stars that we just mentioned, those are pretty darn good depth. Like these three receivers are probably good enough to be starters on other PDL teams. Probably, yeah. <laughs> they probably are. <laughs> and this is even after he not got rid of, but traded – uh, Anderson, Tyler Lockett, like this is uh, DJ Moore, DJ even. Moore. Yeah, so that's yeah. how good his wide receiver room was. Like he still traded all those, got phenomenal hauls, and still he's like, oh, you know, if Allen Robinson gets hurt, that's fine. I'll just plug Jarvis Landry in or Kirk yeah. in, or Gallup. In. Like it, it, that's how good his team is set up, and that's why that's kind of what separates it. I feel like there are teams that are top heavier but there aren't teams that have the amount of depth that he has. And yeah. speaking of depth, isn't that kind of the best way to head into his tight end room right now where he yeah, had they're all, they're 18 all depth tight ends? <laughs> but to be fair, let's just – the elephant in the room, he might walk away with pits. And, yeah, and if he does, um, that's great, but we can't make that assumption, right? Yeah, I mean, I think for him it would be the smart thing to do um, because – for me personally, I have question marks on every single one of his tight ends. Um, so he has Adam Troutman, Robert Tanyan, Tunyon, because it said like Funyan, so it's Robert Tunyon, Tunyon. Uh, Logan Thomas, uh, OJ Howard, and Irv Smith. Um, so in my personal opinion, the best of that bunch is Irv Smith. But I agree. with that being said, um, he's probably Kirk Cousins' third option in that offense. And are you really going to be like that excited about starting Kirk Cousins' third option? Because I, I personally wouldn't be. Um, then he has like Robert Tunyon, who was really good last year, who if they lose Aaron Rodgers, like he's kind of going to be irrelevant. Um, Logan Thomas is almost 30 years old. O.J. Howard hasn't really done anything. Um, and Adam Troutman, who might be good, um, but – might is the key word there so all of yeah. these guys are kind of like wishy-washy and like you said he could add Kyle Pitts who Kyle Pitts is going to be a stud like 100 percent um it's it's just like this is the weakest spot of a, a dominant roster and it's still like not that bad 
Yeah. And I thought me getting Kittle would almost convince you to put me above Max. Unfortunately, it did not. And once again, I don't blame you only because of the <laughs> amount of depth he has. And it's not like all these tight ends that you just named are like bottom of the barrel tight ends. These are solid tight ends. Yeah. Uh, maybe the only one not solid is OJ Howard because he's had so many opportunities and Bruce Arians apparently like freaking hates the guy. So like yeah. <laughs> he's definitely maybe shouldn't even deserve the question mark because he's an athletic freak, but he's been in the league for so long already and he yeah, just hasn't done anything. anything. So yeah. I feel like he's just getting past due to his name and kind of like he had, everyone was like, Oh, like he's like Vernon Davis. And that's how athletic he is. But Hey, maybe he's athletic, but just not a good tight end. But everyone else that you mentioned would not surprise me if they ended up being, you know, a top five, top eight type of tight end, if things went the right way. But this is by far the anomaly on his roster. He, this has the most amount of question marks, of course, no real big standout, but that could all change within the draft. And he has a lot of picks. What kind of picks does he have at least heading into this upcoming 2021 draft? So he has pick five, pick six, pick 10, and the 12th pick in the third round. So he has um, three first-round picks. Yeah, to add on to this roster, he has three first-round picks. And two of them are uh, high-ish. They're like mid-first-round picks. Yeah, um, so they're two gonna of them are be, top half. Yeah, they're going to be dominant players that he gets there. So the fact that he has this much ammunition is just absolutely unbelievable. He doesn't have much to patch to begin with, but the fact that he has the luxury of just being like, well, one, if Pitts falls to him at, uh, not not even falls, but if he gets Pitts at five, there's virtually no holes. And then the rest of his yeah, picks, he can no either holes. trade away or he could just be like, huh, who do I just want to pick? Um, you know, maybe some luxury, like he is in such a luxurious spot because he did such a good job building this team slowly to the point where he can make these sexy picks or he can reach for players that he just likes just because he doesn't need any rookie to contribute immediately besides maybe pits, but he doesn't need that right away. So it's really cool to be like, yeah, this is going to be able to work. Like there's no other situation that would work perfectly for Max. If he somehow just lands Lance, right? Like he doesn't need yeah. someone to hit, but the ceiling that Lance has, if he does it, oh my God, imagine so, him, so, imagine him on Max's team. Like that's, that's bullshit. I, like I, I will dissolve the league <laughs> if that happens. I'll be like, all right, well, <laughs> Max is going to win every single year. So all of us are now playing for the second place pot. That's fun. So like, say, say, um, like obviously Trevor Lawrence is going to be the first pick. So say Mike goes Trey Lance, um, Najee Harris and Jamar Chase. Say, say he does that hypothetically yeah max is gonna get kyle pitts and justin fields with pick <laughs> five and six yeah i'm like, dissolving the league come on <laughs> it's over so dude. like we none of us really have a shot for the next three to four years i mean like he says that like i do because i have like a bunch of picks but like his team's so much better than mine <laughs> and he has his... the same amount of picks <laughs> well at least for this year you have you have another three next year which uh keeps me up at night but you're absolutely right he's just He's, he's, there's a fine line between being humble and then lying. Max is past that line. He is now lying, trying to downplay his team, but we're not letting it happen. We're not letting his team go under the radar anymore. We're like, all right, you have been not having the best kind of success. Like we said, he is tied for eighth best, I guess, win percentage, which is only at 46%. So he's definitely at the mm. bottom half of the league. But when his team hits, it's going to hit hard. So I think we already kind of talked about it a little bit. What would you say is uh, Max's biggest team need? Tight end. Um, I would say that's definitely his most obvious and 
pressing need is to get someone because like I know that he likes Robert Tunyon and Logan Thomas because they were good last year, but Robert Tunyon had like a shit ton of tight end, or touchdowns and that's never like sticky. Like if he had 11 touchdowns last year, he'll probably have like five or six this year. So um, he's going to drop back and he, he just, if he can get Kyle Pitts at that five or six spot, his roster literally has no holes, literally none. <laughs> it's insane. Oh boy. I, I absolutely agree with you. Biggest hole is that tight end. We don't really need to talk more about that. Cause I know we already discussed that when we were talking about his tight end room spot, but let's jump over to the owner grade, Darren, what grade do you give the Murphy street empire and max himself? Um, so you might be a little, little hurt about this because I gave you like an A or an A plus, but Max is obviously an A plus. Like he, oh, that's fine. I, that's I don't fine. know how you he... know, I, I won the league and I'm trying to run it back and I made trades to patch my team, but you, but Max who has won 46% of his games, he gets it. Uh, that's I don't fine. know how he could have done it better. I don't know. I just don't know how he could have done it better. I really don't. I mean, he's, he's ro- rolling out here with a team that only has one hole at tight end and he has two picks that could potentially fill that hole. And he's going to have one of the best teams in the league for three or four years. But what if uh, Mike takes pets? He, he's in a little bit of but a then, pickle, eh? He, he, he would be in the, quite the pickle for a tight end there. Um, but he said he has um, options at five and six to get a t- No, no, he doesn't. He has one shot and that's pits. Like, are yeah, you saying it, like, is he going to get Fryer mute at five? No. He's not going to no. take another tight end in the first round. So my my hope now relies on Mr. Good old Swervos. So I, I'm just hoping, You're just hoping that, that he, he snags Pitts. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But no, I'm co- completely joking. I think Max definitely deserves a grade higher than myself. I give him an A plus S. He's an S tier. I know a lot of people are like, wait, what does that even mean? If you're not a video game nerd, whenever there's a <laughs> tier list, of course, just like the A, B, C, D, F. There is a special tier. That's the S tier. That's above A. That's where Max is, right? That's where he's living and he has been living. I don't think that it, you know, I feel like Max has been playing so well. I feel like he's almost somehow poetically been not intentionally tanking, but he's had a vision and he's like, this is how I'm going to make the team and I'm going to just annihilate people. And it has all come together so perfectly that he set himself up for for success. Like we said, he only has one hole right now. And there's a very good chance that he patches it with a generational player that everyone is saying is a unicorn. So like you said, there's nothing I could have even done. There are moves that I wouldn't be able to pull off, but Max has. So that kind of puts him in this S tier where I'm like, all right, I see you keep trying to go under the radar, but Darren and I, we're always going to be watching you. You have that target on your back. He will say, I don't deserve it. I don't. Yeah, that's fine. But kind of like how we were saying at the beginning of the show in the NFL season. He's Emperor Palpatine. Like you're exactly. Saying. <laughs> exactly. And like, well, like I was just mentioning at the top of the show, we were saying, why do we not care about the NFL schedule releasing? Well, that's because the past does not dictate what the strength of the schedule is going to look like. So every time Max is like, well, I haven't won a lot of games. I'll be like, cool. I won the league last year, but that has no indication of what I'm going to do in the future. Like I could miss the playoff next year. That's that could happen. But yep. the fact that he set up this well is absolutely unbelievable. So I have to give him not an A. I give him an S. He gets that S tier rating. I'm really excited to see how that season shakes out. But before we head off, 
Let's have a little bit of dessert, Darren. What is some news that have been circling around for a little while that we kind of have to address? Um, we're talking about if Aaron Rodgers is going to be traded or not. Um, do, what do you think? Do you think he's going to be traded? Nope. I don't think so. Really? Nope. I think so. I think if this keeps continuing to go on for the next couple of weeks and we don't hear anything like improving or anything, um, so they the Packers literally can't trade him until June because of like the cap, but if it's still going for the next like two, three weeks here, I think there's a pretty good chance that he's traded to the Broncos. I, I think that like, say like, but, if the but, Broncos what, what are they going to give up? The 2022. They're, they're going to have to match. They're have to match whatever San Francisco uh, reportedly tried to give them. I, I think they're going to offer their 2022 first and their 2023 first. And that should be enough for a 38 year old quarterback. Um, that's demanding that he gets out or he's going to retire. And it's not like it's not like Aaron Rodgers is the most like uh, he's the most friendly guy. Like he, he's a stubborn asshole and he could very well just be like, you know what? I'm just going to retire and hang out with my my actress wife and I'm just going to have a good life because like he doesn't need to play anymore. You know, like like our, our Andrew Luck retired when he was 30. So like if Aaron Rodgers really, really wants to be like true to his nature he could be like you know what fuck you i'm done and i could i could really see him being the type of person to pull carson palmer and be like trade me or i'm gonna retire and i think that the broncos are in a great position to do that because say they say they did trade their 2022 first and 2023 first they're both gonna be late late first um and if you can trade two late first even if he is 38 years old why would you not do that so I mean, it took me every ounce of energy not to interject because I wanted to get all your thoughts out there. I think it's just so stupid. Like this once again, this whole off season, I feel like I've been that grumpy. Old <laughs> the grumpy old man. Yeah. Like, like what you said, if things come out that like what, who, who are the people that are leaking things? How do we even know if the things that come out are true? It, we don't. And so people were saying when the, I even was saying I drank the Kool-Aid when the news broke, I was like, Oh shit. You know, Roger's doing everything deliberately. But since I've had time to marinate and think about what was actually going on, it doesn't make any sense. He was, you know, at the race. So the last thing he wanted to do is be, you know, in the news about something crazy. So someone leaked it to probably put themselves (laughs) in a position. You think it is. I don't think it was Roger's. It doesn't make any sense for Roger's to do that. But I'm just sitting here and trying to read between the lines. Like, I feel like Rodgers does want to spend the rest of his career with Green Bay, and things have not been going very well, evidently. But, mm-hmm. like, are you going to be the guy that traded Rodgers away and let Rodgers win a Super Bowl outside of Green Bay? Are you going to be the guy that you're like, oh, sweet, now we're going to ride love? Like, I will go up to, if I was the guy in charge, I'd be like, Rodgers, look, I'm going to do everything in my power to make you happy. I understand I screwed up, blah, blah, blah but I'm not going to trade you. you you're going to retire on our team, but we're, we're not, we're not going to let you win a Super Bowl somewhere. You're going to win a Super Bowl with us. You got us one game away from the Super Bowl two years in a row. You just won MVP. I understand you're old, but the, he has shown literally no signs of getting worse. Just like how a yeah. lot of people are saying, oh, Tom Brady might drop off because his arm 
isn't as good anymore, but not, not Rogers. Rogers has been just as sharp, if not sharper, because his game awareness and understanding of the game is getting more complex. So my thought is everything that's been coming out is the same old media bullshit where everyone's like, Oh, why wouldn't Broncos do it? Why? Oh, why wouldn't this? Oh, Baba. Like when everything was going down, Rogers is straight up. Like I'm really disappointed. This went public. And yeah, maybe he's just saying that because he was the one to leak it, but I don't know. Maybe I'm just a little bit too much of thinking like, I don't think it was intentional. I don't think he's the one that did it. I think he's just kind of be like, All right, well, this makes me look even more of a dick after I kind of changed my public perception going on the McAfee show. But now everyone thinks I'm a dick. Like, why would he throw all of that away now? It just doesn't make any sense. I feel like everything in his life is going so well to the point where if this is too much of a headache, yeah, what, what else does he have to prove? He's won a Super Bowl. He wants to win yeah. another one. He's done it with Green Bay. Might, might as well spend the rest of his you know, career in Green Bay. Don't go out the way that Brett did. You're your own guy. And so if you are that pissed, just retire. And I feel like right now with Green Bay, with how I believe that they've kind of let the power get to their head and stuff, this has to wake them up. This the, the, You've heard all those reports where they flew down to him like 40 times. I'm like, oh, cool. Like I don't care how many times you fly down. Just should have listened to him to begin with man and so i feel like there's definitely animosity but here i'll let you talk because i know you've been trying to jump in i mean it's not it's, i'm just saying it's like it's not like the first time we have seen something like this happen before like because they're comparing um guntenkeist or whatever the hell his name is to jerry jerry kraus um so that's like the best nba player ever in michael jordan and jerry kraus was fucking with him so if I don't know. I just think that he's either going to be, he's either going to be retired or he's going to be on the Broncos. I just don't, I don't, I don't, as of today, I don't think he's going to be on the Packers. I you very well could be right. He could just let's be like trying a, to get more money or bet. something. I'm undefeated. I'm not doing those anymore. No, no, never again. Let's have a Because I lose bet. every single one. No, no, <laughs> but you're, you're so confident right now though. And I'm so confident yeah, as of, you will stay. As of today, but that could change tomorrow. <laughs> like, but to be fair, I feel tomorrow. like I've been, more comp i think i'm just drinking the kool-aid honestly but i think it's, it's almost like once you have a narrative in your head everything that you read you research things to reinforce what you already think right like you're not researching yeah, yeah. It, anymore. It, it very, and that's it how be i've been doing it. by him to just yeah. to get more money or something so a lot like of it people could just that, be no you're absolutely right could be a power play but a lot of people that are reading into this that gets me so mad is like no he will not play because look at this i'm like well you're just doing all research to support like let's look at things in a vacuum yeah. let's look at things yeah like whatever people could be lying people could that's not our job to figure it out because we don't even know they don't even know i'm just saying what i see reported it was leaked yeah. it could have been rogers that's fine but what what did rogers say afterwards he said he's disappointed on public but he once again he could be lying i i'm not too dumb to know uh. that he could be lying but then i'm just i keep looking at it and i keep mulling it over and i'm like there's there's no way there's absolutely no way it happened so I think once again, a lot of it's just me drinking the Kool-Aid and thinking it won't happen, but it's just, if they trade away Rogers, you're not going to have another quarterback that could do any better than that. W weren't the Packers linked to wanting to get another quarterback this draft? Like if they said, I, I forget which quarterback, if they continue to follow the Packers want to get them, but I'm like, whoa. So I guess they don't like love as much as I keep quote unquote hearing from the media saying, Oh no, they believe in him. I'm like, all right. Well, if that's true, then what 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 story is true that they wanted to get another quarterback in the draft slash they believe in love? Like which one is true? Like I don't know which. So that's why anything I hear now, 
I feel like it's been a godsend, me unplugging myself from. Like, I, I never watch ESPN. I almost don't even listen to podcasts anymore because I just realized that's just straight garbage. I'm just like, why do I want to hear other people's opinion on what they think of a story when I could just find the story itself and try to make my own kind of opinion on it? And that's why I really like you because you are much more in touch with the pulse of what's going on in the NFL. Whereas for me, I'm, I'm kind of that old guy. I kind of find out a little bit later, but I'm like, oh, okay, now I'd let the dust settle a little bit. Let, let me kind of mull it through and look through what's going on. But you're absolutely right. So I, I'm assuming you're saying no to the fab bet. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to do those anymore for a while because <laughs> I keep losing them. <laughs> you lost 10 bucks so far, man. Now that's going to give know. me the I edge against you. <laughs> I literally haven't even used like any of my fab for anything, but then I use 10 bucks and just losing bets. So like <laughs> I, I give up, but I, I think that it's, it's a lot of um, it's kind of just like kind of trying to think, you know, Aaron Rodgers without knowing Aaron Rodgers, if that makes sense. No, so like, I'm trying to like guess how Aaron Rodgers actually is as a person, but I, I don't, I don't know. Like, I don't know Aaron Rodgers, you know, like I have no clue how he is or anything. So um it's kind of just yeah, like assuming that women he's going to be this You loved Olivia Munn, man. I know. I, I did. She's she's still up there. It's like, oh my God. <laughs> like, I, I don't know. Though. Let's go. She's like in her 40s and she still looks like she's like 25. And it's like, I, I mean, he, he did well with um, Shailene Woodley. Like she's also a very pretty lady. But I mean, would you expect Aaron Rodgers to not marry a pretty lady, I guess? So, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think he did well. But um, what about what about Julio? Like, do you think um, you think Julio is going to be moved? That's you know, that's when I saw that on the docket, I thought that was a better question for me only because maybe, like I said, I, it's not that I'd be shocked if Aaron Rodgers is traded for me right now. I just feel like it won't happen. It just doesn't make sense to me. But a lot of things mm -hmm. that doesn't make sense to me does happen. But with Julio, this is almost like a different kind of narrative now, right? It's not like things are bad yeah, or anything like, like that. Cap. Yeah, like everything is kind of fine. It's not like Julio's like, I want to leave. Or Atlanta Falcons be like, I want to trade. They're saying they're open to the idea of trading them now or something like that. But I kind of look at everything. I feel like the Falcons' best interest would be to keep, like, what do you think you can get for Julio Jones right now? And I know right now you're thinking, oh, why wouldn't the Broncos give up two firsts to get Aaron Rodgers? Like, so everything we say is completely conjectures, but I want to pick your brain on what do you think Julio is worth on the open market? Um, probably, I guess, a second. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, I, I, I like I, someone would probably give a late first. Like if someone was, it, was like, I feel in, like it starts with a first, like it starts with like, a first. So like, like who's, it's gotta be like a team that thinks that they're going to, like he's like the piece that's going to make a win though. So like, I could see like, like if the Packers were like, we're going to give you a first to make Aaron Rodgers happy and give him more money. And then like, well, we'll yep. that'll be it. I can see them giving their Green first. Bay was like, Aaron, what if we get Julio for you? And Aaron sits up in his bed. He's like, Shailene, leave the room. I have to, uh, <laughs> I have to make some decisions right now. Like I feel so like, like I can see that, you know, like I, I but at, so like, it's weird because they, they drafted Kyle Pitts, which is kind of like a windmill move, like surround that Ryan with like a bunch of talent, but then they're also in the, position where their cap situation is so bad that they might have to trade Julio Jones, which is who's their best, best player on their team. Um, it's a weird situation. So I think that if they do trade him, I don't think it's because they want to, I think it's because they have to. Um, okay. I, I don't, fair. 
I, I don't think they really want to trade Julio Jones. I think if they had the, the choice, they would keep him until he retired. I agree with you. I think Arthur Blank absolutely loves Julio and they won't trade him if they don't need to. And I feel like with the move that they made with Kyle Pitts, a lot of people are saying, oh, that's that that's their attempt at replacing Julio. If anything, it tells me the opposite for me. I'm saying that's their win now move. Now imagine an offense with Julio, with Ridley, Pitts, uh, you know, all in the phenom Mike Davis. And just like all the players that they have right now, I feel like them getting hits is almost like, all right, Hulu is going to stay because this is their, this is their shot. They tasted the Super Bowl once they should have won that Super Bowl and that's haunting them. So now they're saying, all right, let's get another physical freak. Let's match them up. Let's get even more mismatches. But I understand that the cap concerns are very much real, but I feel the fact that they're just going all in for this. And if it doesn't work, then yeah, they're going to have to blow a lot of different pieces up, but Kind of like what you mentioned too. Like what win now team though has the means to go out and get him, not just get him, but also absorb that contract. You know, there's so many different steps. It's not just, do you have enough first rounders or do you have enough whatever the Falcons want? Because he can't absorb too much. Like I can't see them saying, oh, here's a couple of picks and a player because whatever player comes back, they can't have a big contract on them kind of thing either. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I feel like you, you have to have a market first before saying, oh, what is he worth? Oh, he's worth this. All right, but who will give that to them, you know? Yeah, there's only, like, certain teams that would even be interested in Julio because he's older. Like, it's not like um, like a super young team is going to be trading their first. Like, it, the Jets. Like, the Jets aren't going to trade a first-round pick for Julio Jones because it's going to be a high first. So they're not going to do that. So it, maybe they'll trade their second, though, maybe. Um, it's... It's 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 weird because I feel like he can't have like that huge of a market because he's like what thirty two, so yeah, I, I just think there. that some teams are just injured. crossing him off. Yeah, and he's always injured, so I think that some are just like crossing him off just like from the get go, you know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's so. going to be really really fascinating to see where Aaron Rodgers and Julio goes, only because in Dynasty they were, I mean, does it get any more consistent? Like Julio has always been like a top receiver every single time. And every time he's healthy and is on the field, he's going to give you wide receiver one numbers. And ever since Aaron Rodgers was essentially a starter, he was the quarterback that you would essentially want on your team. So it's going to be really interesting to see how that kind of shakes up and everything and see where they go. I'm just really interested to just see more news break about everything because it's been fun to kind of follow, I guess, but definitely deteriorating because you just don't know where things are going. But I'm just really interested to see where it goes because there's so many fantasy implications. Like if Aaron Rodgers is traded, that's going to impact so many different, like it's going to impact all of the green Bay skill position players, all of wherever Aaron Rodgers ends up going. Uh, Same if Julio leaves and you're like, all right, Calvin Ridley is obviously going to be the guy with Kyle Pitts and wherever Julio goes, whatever wide receiver was on that team. Sorry, that sucks for you kind of thing. So there's just so many on the line besides just, oh, they might just move somewhere else. I feel like that's going to have a cool trickle down effect that we're going to be able to follow. Yeah. It's, it'll be interesting. So I I don't know. I guess we will see how it plays out. Like if both of these guys or one of these guys or, well, neither of these guys is also an option. So yeah. we'll see. Yeah. And that'll be kind of fun to follow, but yeah, we're going to wrap up. I know this was a little bit longer of an episode like we always do, but Hey, that's kind of the fun part. Uh, I know last time no one followed that hashtag. So I don't think anyone made it to the end there, unfortunately. So, yeah. I don't think so either. 
Yeah, if anyone reaches here, just do hashtag Mr. Rogers. I I don't even know why I said anyone. No one's going to make it this far. But yo, Dare, have any final words before we wrap it up? Um, Hopefully Max doesn't get Kyle Pitts because we're all screwed. <laughs> Maybe that's why um, Mike is kind of going on that uh, little journey, that quote-unquote camping trip. And I'm doing, uh, quote, bunny ears, little quotes right now, because I think he's just getting lost in the woods because he has such a big decision coming up with three back-to-back-to-back picks. So, Mike, just make one of them pits just so, you know, Max can't have this team. But I really doubt you even listened this far into the podcast either. But that's okay. But I just hope he doesn't take the draft as his prisoner. We already know it's going to happen. Darren, you're going to be super yeah, it's gonna the entire time. It's going to be hilarious. Yeah, but... yeah, I know. You can just like enjoy your weekend and it won't matter to you whatsoever. Like, <laughs> yeah, for me, it literally does not minutes. matter. That's why like when you are t- when you guys talk about it, I'm like, oh yeah, that sucks for you guys. But for me, I'm like, ah, I'm just excited to see whatever happens kind of thing. Yeah. But yeah. Will, hopefully it's not that Yeah, It's not that bad. All right, guys, we'll see you again next week. We just finished up this series. So moving forward, we're going to have more normal, I guess, kind of topics instead of just a series. I ha- We have a lot of fun topics on our docket that we're going to be discussing. Some teasers are definitely maybe some rookies, winners, and losers of the landing spots fantasy, of course, uh, perspective. Uh, some top five dynasty positional players, most overrated players, underrated players, just a lot of fun things like that. And if you guys have any ideas of other topics that you guys want on this podcast, just put it in the sleeper and we'll get to it. So with that being said, take care guys. Thank you for tuning in to the podcast. I hope you enjoyed your meal. We'll catch you next time.